0: And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks My name is Nick Angstead and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com The Disney dude, the one more thing king, what you got for me, Isaac Harris?
2: The Mavs are in Disney (laughs) They made it It's happening for now Um, They got magic bands which you just tweeted them out from Instagram, and I'm just fascinated by this. Here we things. go. All
0: right. I, I am a Disney pass holder, Disney World pass holder. <laughs> Let me butt in here and, and explain what this is. So Magic Bands, I tweeted them out. Uh, KP posted them on his Instagram. JJ Berrea posted them on his Instagram. It's like these wristbands they have to wear. It has a little chip in it. And you go up to a door and you put it up. It's like your key card for your hotel. You put it up to the door, and it lets you in places. It lets you into the park. It lets you into all different places. So all NBA players are going to get these magic bands. Uh, the Mavericks ones actually have the Mavericks logo on it, and they're going to have to wear them all over the place. It's not like the social distancing you know, alarm band that we talked about. It's not like that ring that's supposed to test you know, COVID symptoms. It's, it's a Disney thing, and that's basically their key card for all the areas, all the practice courts, all that stuff is probably going to be Magic band restricted, so that's what they've got right now.
2: Guys, if y'all want to know about the whole that whole process of all the things that they're wearing, y'all have to listen to the Wind Horse Pod, The Hoop Collective with Malika Andrews, uh for ESPN. She described like the whole process and it's Fascinating. it's wild of how yeah just how she was quarantined in a room for so many days and then after so many negative tests then she goes and she you wear these like bracelets that shows you're in quarantine and then you after coming out of that you trade in the bracelet for the aura ring that monitors everything and your i mean everything and then you have the device that everyone's wearing that beeps when you're six feet from somebody uh it's 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 crazy hearing all that now they have the magic band too which i guess is cool because how many that bands means you can have, they wear i know it's like you don't have to touch hardly anything right if you just swipe the band next to something then it opens i don't i don't yeah, know you don't but, have to yeah even going into the
0: park i mean they do they used to do uh fingerprint scan to get into the park like as just a, a guest or like a customer uh but then once covid started coming they stopped doing that they just had to do the band and something else but yeah Which I'm sure has all changed now. It's wild. Probably. It's wild. All right. On today's show, we are going to be breaking down Rick Carlisle. He talked to the media on Tuesday, and so we will talk about all that. We have all kinds of audio. If you didn't hear Tim Hardaway Jr. yesterday, go check that one out. He had some awesome quotes about his role on the team. Also, we've heard from Luca Porzingis. We've heard from Rick Carlisle already and Donnie Nelson. All those pods are available. Go back and look through the archives. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Okay, let's get right into it because there's a lot of Carlisle stuff and I wanted to get to as much as possible today. So here is Rick Carlisle talking about the Mavericks, their training camp, conditioning, if he has a feel on how this is gonna be ramping all up because they've done individual workouts for each individual player. They haven't done full team workouts yet. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, they've already done that because uh, they just got to... Oh, actually, no, because the Mavericks... I, I misspoke. The Mavericks now, they made it to... Disney. They're quarantined for 48 hours, all of them, until they get the the negative test. And so uh, they they won't have practice by the time you listen to this. They're all going to be quarantined in their their room. So we're also recording this at about 3.30 Central Time on Wednesday. So if anything crazy happens, either Isaac and I will jump back on and add to this Uh, And you may not even heard this part, but uh, if anything crazy happens, that's why. All right. Here is Rick Carlisle talking about training, conditioning, all that stuff for the Mavericks.
1: Are you closer to figuring out how you're going to be able to uh, or go about ramping up, gradually ramping up uh, activities as you get there, after you get there? Yeah. uh, Casey Smith and I have talked about um, a plan, and uh, it's not going to be a typical training camp. Uh, where you jump in on day one and just go full bore. Um, our players have done a great job of working on their individual conditioning with individual workouts with the uh, coaches um, on the floor on a one, one-to-one basis and also working with our strength and conditioning team led by Jeremy Holzapfel. So uh, I feel really good about where we're at in terms of our overall functioning right now. Um, but this is a different situation. It's a different time. It's a different set of circumstances. And, uh, you know, like so many other things involved in this endeavor, there's there going to be a level of fluidity as we move forward. Thank you.
0: So there you go. That wasn't the podcast messing up. These are all over zoom. So there's going to be some technical glitches and things like that. Isaac, what did you think about Rick Carlisle saying that the Mavericks have pretty much all kept in pretty good shape over this break?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you obviously like hearing that, but I think just their approach to training camp, everybody's approach to this training camp is so interesting because they just don't know exactly what to do. You know, Rick talked last week, and he said, you know, they were debating on different approaches to take. Do you jump into this training camp and just go all on? Do you do this, you know, gradual thing to it? Because, yeah, you're, you're going from a, a season that in, ended in March – A lot of players, some players hardly did anything. Some players, you know, kept going 100% all the time. And then bam, they have these individual drills that's been going on in Dallas for the past week and now they're going to Disney for this two week training camp period which is longer and I thought and I mentioned this last week but Rick Carla pointed that out on last week's uh, presser when he said, you know, a lot of people compare this to the lockout seasons and how, you know, this ramping back up. He said, but actually this training camp in Orlando will be longer than a training camp we'd have in a lockout season. So he was like viewing that as a positive, but it's just so weird they it's just like people are in like you, you feel like people are in different shapes, a uh, good shape. Everybody's talking about Luca and, you know, KP I asked Rick a question about that later on. And, um, Yeah, but just it looks like they've landed on Casey Smith, obviously heading all of this up. They've landed on this like gradual plan for this training camp to get people back in shape. But still, we don't know exactly what that looks like. And that's why everybody's, you know, a lot of players and stuff are really hesitant about uh, some of the I shouldn't say hesitant, but they're kind of worried about the soft tissue injury stuff of just going from nothing back to full force all at once or over a span of two weeks. And they've also been
0: able to keep their practice facility open. Uh, I'm assuming that's because they haven't had any positive tests or anything. So, they've been able to keep that open. They've done the individual workouts. Mavs, uh, the Mavs Instagram and Twitter, they're, they're sharing some, some awesome footage of uh, guys working yeah. out. We shared some of Tim Hardaway Jr. with uh, some of our quotes from the podcast yesterday on our social media. So, go check that out. They're getting some good work in. And so... They've been able to see these guys, assess them, and I think that that was just a, a positive for me. If you're if you're a Mavs fan listening to this, saying, "Well, what shape is my team in right now?" It seems like everything's positive, which Carlisle's not gonna say. You know what? Bobon yeah. came in and he was <laughs> he's looking fat. You know what I mean? He's not gonna say stuff like yeah. that. But it seems like they're they're positive about the shape that the team is in, and they're looking forward to getting some actual you know full court work in and things like that once they get out of this quarantine period of you know first getting to Disney so all right coming up let's get into some more here's some of the things that we're going to be talking about with Rick Carlisle veteran playoff experience team you know players on the Mavericks that have actual playoff experience what does that give to the rest of this team rest versus rust Uh, coming back what does he think about you know which which kind of team does this benefit the most the veteran teams that are older does this layoff benefit them more or younger teams he'll talk about that He'll also talk about some basketball changes. We actually talked about real basketball with this, Isaac. (laughs) We heard from Rick Carlisle talk about uh, actual things that the Mavericks are working on. So if you have a specific thing that you're concerned about the Mavericks working on, we'll probably hear about it next. Let's hear about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, rockauto.com has all the parts your car or truck will ever need. If you've got a car, you've been working on it for a while, or you have something that's just been been nagging you i know this this happens to me all the time with my cars i am so bad at letting something just go for so long like a like a headlight or a light bulb or Something that just needs to be changed so, like, just so quick. Something that could just be easily done, but I just put it off and put it off and put it off because I don't want to go to the stores. I don't want to go out there. I don't want to pay twice as much as I have to. I don't want to, you know, have to guess if it's the right part for my car. But with rockauto.com, they have exactly what you need. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They've been doing this forever. Uh, Man, since 2000, (laughs) they've been doing this. That's a long time. The internet wasn't even super big in 2000. Uh, all the stuff that you'll need, rockauto.com has a catalog, unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com prices are always reliably low. They're the same for professionals and for us, the do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much at some of these roadside stores or all these you know, brick and mortar places for the same exact part? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right ro- Write in locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box that you know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Isaac Harris. Uh, I took one breath in the middle of that ad, and you looked up at me like I had died.
2: Well, that's because I don't know if my kid, uh, he just woke up from a nap. Okay. and I, I don't know if he was just a fan of Rock Auto or... He just didn't like rock out or what, but
0: that's funny. Oh, I thought you were like, is he dead? Like he, he took a breath.
2: No, no, he screamed and I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) All
0: right. Okay. Let's hear from Rick Carlisle about veteran experience from the Mavericks and how that can help Luca and Porzingis and some of the younger players on this team.
1: Well, they're going to be extremely important. And you know, we are a young team, um, that's gained a pretty significant amount of experience the last couple of years. Um, This year in particular has been important because KP has been in the mix. Um, But you ask a great question. Um, J.J. Beret, I don't know how many playoff games he's been involved in, but it's an awful lot. Um, As you mentioned, Hardaway's been in them. Seth has been in them. Um, I think we have some other players that have been in them. You know, Luca and KP have been involved in a lot of um, European – an international competition that's very significant. So it's not like they haven't been through some high-level situations. Um, but this is going to be really important. Um, you know, the, the, the guys, and particularly JJ, who is one of the leaders of our team in the locker room um, and on the floor, you know, he, he can he can paint the picture of, you know, what we're getting ourselves into because we will be in the playoffs, you know, eight games into this. Um, And as we, uh, as we approach training camp and uh, the scrimmages, you know, and and the eight game um, schedule, you know, we're, we're going to be thinking about being aggressive, playing our game and and trying to move up in the standings If we can.
0: First of all, JJ Bray has played in 49 playoff games. So that was specific Mm. that we needed to mention. Uh, which was less than i thought he he basically he went through the 2011 finals uh he was there for the um the playoff win with Dallas in 09 uh they they played two rounds there then played only one round in 2010 he played three games before that 09 season and then he's played nine he's only played nine playoff games since that you know 2011 run so uh hasn't been a ton of playoff games for jj Brea, but He's been to the mountaintop. He's, he's won. Obviously, that that playoff experience is definitely useful. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Carlisle mentioned that Luka and Porzingis have been in a lot of international big-time games, especially Luka has been in a ton of these games that you know are going to be a similar atmosphere on the court. Now, the, the crowd and stuff is going to be gone, and this is a different atmosphere than anybody's used to, but Luka has played in some of these big-time games. He's not just a kid coming out of aau coming out of you know high school that's dominated his entire life and hasn't played in a, a close you know close game against um you know real competition he's actually been out there and he's actually had experience in this so I, i'm not worried about luka at all in a playoff environment
2: no especially in an environment i mean yeah it's it's weird to even say i mean even in my question to hardaway uh, on yesterday's pod when i said you know this playing in a playoff environment whatever it looks like in Orlando because I think it's almost unfair to even compare what this quote air quote playoff environment looks like in Orlando compared to what a normal playoff environment looks like because you're not getting the fan experience you're not getting the traveling and walking into the away arena and you know the the fans booing you and just the intense environment and all of that stuff because it, it is it's a world of a difference going to a playoff game and seeing like the crowd you know engagement in a playoff game compared to a regular season game so but it's like you said it for Luca I mean yeah you just do any type of google search on Luca if you don't know very much about Luca's playing career in Europe and you can see and watch YouTube highlights of just the the big stages that I mean honestly the stages that he's played at in EuroLeague and and winning the title and stuff over there I mean that that's going to be bigger than
0: the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament, right? Like
2: maybe the yeah, final, like the mean, final
0: four and the final game for college is bigger. But other than that, like there's not many players that have played in bigger games, you know, as a younger player.
2: Yeah. And even, I mean, yeah, you could even take it a step further and say, I mean, that environment that Luca has played in already is going to be more intense and crazy compared to whatever they're probably going to experience in Orlando. Even if they made it, to, <laughs> even if they made it to the finals and to where it's like, I mean, you can only hype up some so much for an empty gym. So uh, now the play is still going to be incredible. I mean, going against, I mean, yeah, it's going to be uh, insane. But no, I think, I think it is a huge thing. I and mean, I think an underlying thing of this, and I think you've posed this question to me, and I honestly just don't know how I feel about it. Will this count? Like, will this count as the playoff experience? Will we count it? Will fans count it? Will the players count it as okay, well, you got to get your toes wet, you know, you got to get to the playoffs once, then you experience it, and then you just, you can build on top of that. Will, in this, in their mind, will this count as getting our toes wet when it's going to be so weird? I think this is twofold. I think that there is a level of playoffs,
0: of the NBA playoffs, that has the atmosphere, the intensity, the... You know the travel, things like that. They're not going to get that, right? They're going to get the intensity on the court, but the the atmosphere, the going to the court, you know, the all that kind of stuff, the routine that you have to get in. But they will, they won't get all that. They'll they'll get you know whatever. They will get the strategy of playing a team potentially seven times in a row they'll get the strategy of matching up of matchups of trying to get taken out of the game Luca's weaknesses are going to be abused over and over and over again he's got to figure out a way to you know to stop that and to, to get over that there's just so many other things that I think that they will get experience doing. And I think that those are invaluable as well. It's not, you know, the perfect scenario. It's not the exact, you know, thing that we would want. It's not what we had planned for them to get playoff, quote-unquote, playoff experience. But they are getting experience playing against a team in an intense environment. And I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe this is more valuable, right? <laughs> playing in a different, completely different environment on a neutral court than anybody. I mean... Who knows, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to definitively say it's going to be better or worse for them developmentally.
2: I'm just going to say Giannis, um, Doc Rivers, you know, a lot, a lot of the guys. They're saying this is going to be Bud. like the hardest title ever. Coach Bud so, said that.
1: You
2: know, all, all the teams and players have it have a. a a nice shot at winning and the title. This is the most. I know that you don't agree driver. with this, but in a sense,
0: it will be. In other senses, it won't be. You maybe won't have as much fatigue and travel and things like that. But physically, but the mental fatigue, there's going to be, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're stuck in a bubble. You don't have your family for a long time. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that are going to be. I mean, Isaac, just the food that they're getting in general. That's going to be a bigger hurdle to climb than Did anything. Did you see met. that salad? Did you see the salad, Nick? Bill Russell has nothing on these guys and seeing what they're <laughs> seeing what they're eating. Oh man! Uh, but I think it, it will be harder in other senses, and it's just you know it's it's up for opinion, right? Who knows? And we we'll, we'll, the only people that will really know if it's harder are like LeBron, Kawhi, right? Like the guys that have been yeah. there to the top, right? They're gonna they're on the they're the only ones that are gonna know the difference.
2: And and whoever wins, I mean they're going to say this is this was the hardest thing this is the hardest thing <laughs> of that, course I mean hardest route we've had but here's here's the thing if, if he'll count or how you want to judge against other playoff experience whatever it can't hurt so no. like, that's, that's the only way I'm like it's only going to help their improvement how much that's up for debate and that's up to them but it's only going to help them and help team chemistry and help you know KP and Luca and everybody so sure
0: here's the next one from Carlisle someone asked him about rest versus rust this whole idea of who will this benefit more? Teams like the Lakers that have a bunch of veteran players, and or the team like the Mavericks that has, a, you know, their main players are younger players. What will this layoff benefit more?
1: I've heard arguments both ways. You know, you hear that the the more veteran teams uh, will be fresh. You know, you hear that the younger teams are um, more equipped because they'll bounce back quicker and they'll get in shape quicker and stuff like that. You know you could you can go either way with a discussion about that um, I just think that whatever kind of team you have, you've got to approach it that this is a great situation and a great opportunity uh, This is an extraordinary endeavor. I mean no one has ever um you know done what we're going to do and attempt to do as as a league in orlando um and so we really look forward to it. It's it's it, it truly is historic. So Carlisle,
0: even Car- even Rick Carlisle right there hinting that it's, you know, it's something that no one's ever gone through. It's historic. It's, you know, that all that is true. <laughs> yeah. All that is true, but it doesn't mean it's harder. But maybe you yeah. and I will never agree on this.
2: <laughs> um. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say to that Rick quote. I mean, it, yeah. You got anything on that? I just
0: wanted to see if you were just going to ramble for, for how long.
2: <laughs> no. No, yeah. Well, and
0: and he's even he said you can make a case either way and I think people in his ear are making a case either way too. The way that he said that made it sound like he's heard both sides of this where some people believe that it's going to be harder, some people believe it's not as hard. Uh, Isaac seems to value the 12 plane rides that they they would take and the the travel as being harder than having to be quarantined in a small area for a certain amount of time, but
2: yes. All right,
0: coming up, let's I, get into. I, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna say, wow. I'm glad that Rick's acknowledging what we like, what we've all like been saying or saying really about anything in general. Right now, it's like, hey, you can find an article to prove anything that you want to believe, yeah. and that I, you've heard both sides. We've seen both sides on Twitter. It's like, oh man, these young teams, the young guys are gonna come out. The Mavs. <laughs> I literally, I've heard like. People who do, don't do cover the Mavs or are not Mavs fans. Like, you know what? This could really be a positive for the Mavs. Like, young guys, fresh legs coming out of quarantine. that could be the the sneaky team. But then I've also heard of like, oh, well, I mean, the older guys. It's going to take the younger guys to get used to everything. The older guys are just going to be, like, hit the ground running. They know what to do. They know how to play. And I'm like, okay. It's just, it's just a matter of opinion. We've never seen it, so let's just see how it plays out.
0: We'll see. And maybe we'll find out that it is harder. And I hope that, you know. Isaac's able to
2: I'm more scared about the injury part than anything yeah that's I want to see how you know is there any type of I don't know I don't even know how to say it but what injuries look like over these next few weeks as teams do the two-week training camp and first few weeks of that's why it's almost impossible to make any type of playoff predictions at this point because I mean you hate to say it but we're bound to see at least one or two like bigger type of injuries for it happens you know, every playoffs team. anyway yeah yeah, but yeah, I want to see if it's more. I want to see and that the players have expressed about this, you know, worry about the soft tissue stuff. Are we gonna see more hamstrings? Are we gonna see more quads or whatever it is over the next two weeks? Or, uh, God forbid, you know, huge injuries, career stuff, injuries happen over the next two or three weeks, and then everybody's gonna be like, "Whoa!" Like, and, and it's I want to see if it's a major storyline or if it's just a. Uh, Okay, it's just part of it, storyline. Yeah, and
0: next week we're going to talk to Dr. Brian, who's been on this pod before, Brian Sutter um, from YouTube and uh, from his doctor practice, his medical practice. (laughs) We'll talk to him about uh, those kind of injuries and things like that. I'm interested to see what he has to to say about that. All right, coming up, let's talk about some actual basketball changes that Carlisle is going to mention, safety precautions, and then our friend Isaac has a great question towards the end. We'll get to all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into the rest of these questions. There's not a lot of time, and a whole bunch more questions to get to. So let's hear about Carlisle uh, talking about some basketball changes that the Mavericks have made.
1: We'll, we'll evaluate that. I I don't see anything um, big in terms of schematic changes, um, but I do think we we need to get better in a couple of areas. You know, I think defensively, we have a chance to really improve. Um, that's, that's a, that's an area where, you know, we were in the twenties in defense beginning of the year. And now we're, you know, around 14 or 15, I think. And, you know, the top 10 is a, is a goal of ours. And so, uh, you know, we would like to get there. Um, the other thing is, is free throw shooting, you know, um, and during this period, our guys have done, uh, a, an enormous amount of work on just, uh, concentrating, um, you know, and, and getting better, and, and free throw shooting is a, uh, you know, it's a different kind of endeavor. It's there's not a whole lot of creativity to it. It's just it's it's rote kind of repetition, and it's it's getting it's getting a routine that you trust, and just repeating it and repeating it and repeating it, and then getting in situations where you can simulate and and uh, and work on simulating game situations. So um, those are two areas where you know. I don't know schematically that there'll be big changes, um, but we feel like there are areas of upside for us. They're working
0: on free throws. Yeah. I didn't know if you knew that Yay. the Mavericks needed to
2: work on free throws or not. I tweeted out a, a video or yeah, some B-roll footage uh, from the Mavs of KP and Luca uh, just taking shots, you know, yesterday from the practice facility. <laughs> And literally, somebody responded and said, they need to be practicing free throws. It's It happens every time. <laughs> the Mavericks have four players on the team that are averaging over two free throw attempts a game. That is Luca, KP, Tim Hardaway, and Dwight Powell. Obviously, Powell's out for the rest of the year. Only one of those guys is is shooting uh, above 80%, and it's right at 80% uh, free throw percentage, and that is Tim Hardaway Jr. Both KP and Luca under... Uh, under 78% of the year, and we talk about that, too, when we talk about clutch stuff earlier. Uh, when, remember when that was a discussion, guys? Uh, whenever What's happening in the clutch? And that was just a debate forever. That was one of the things, too. Like, hey, the Mavericks were not getting to the line th- like they should in the clutch, and they weren't hitting their free throws in the clutch either. So, and, and they're kind of middle of the pack, too. I think free throw percentage, uh, basketball reference says free throw attempts, they're 15th in the league at 23 a game. Uh, free throw percentage, they're 15th in the league also. And, and if they can... Creep up into the top ten on that. I wanted Luca to get eighty percent from the free throw line this season. He's at seventy five right now. Uh, KP's at seventy seven, but we need we need those guys to hit that eighty mark. That's when you see Luca hit the
0: elite. When you hit the eighty, higher than that. I mean, Dirk and Steve Nash; those are you know elite guys. Those they were in like the nineties in free throw percentage. Steph Curry, another guy. Uh, but then you have LeBron, and his free throw percentage's been all over the place, and he's been an effective player, but. Uh, that, yeah. I think that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key for Luca as well. Uh, speaking of Luca, this is Carlisle talking about the benefits of the layoff for Luca because he was dealing with all these physical ailments and things like that. Um, this is Carlisle talking about Luca Doncic and his physicality.
1: Yeah. You know, um, Luca had had a, uh, an ankle issue. Um, and, he, you know, his style of play is a physical style of play offensively and he hits the floor a lot. And so, you know, he was banged up, as as a lot of guys were. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Seth Curry didn't play um, the game, the, f- the final game before the hiatus against Denver. Seth had an ankle. Um, Dorian, you know, had a, had the hip flexor that had been bothering him. Um, and of course, you know, we're not even mentioning Paulin Brunson. And and uh, and so the answer is that these guys have had a chance to heal up. Um, and the thing I like about the last seven or eight weeks, it's been a, it's been a gradual ramp up, um, you know, back into, you know, what it, what, what is sort of the road to NBA conditioning, and and once again, I, you know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Mark yesterday, you know, about um, everything that, that's been going on here, and uh, you know, our support staff, Casey. Smith, on Calhoun, Jeremy Holzap, these guys just done a phenomenal job of keeping things clean and safe to this point um, and creating an environment where our guys, you know, feel a real positivity when they walk in the gym, even, even though the world is going through, you know, this uh, unprecedented challenge. And so uh, bottom line, um, you know, Luca feels good. He's working extremely hard, um, and I know he's looking forward to playing. The the thing that I've gotten from this, you know, being in the gym the last 13 days, our guys are excited about getting back on the floor and playing together and competing together, and I think that's a really, really important thing headed to Orlando. I
0: thought that last part was another positive, that they just seem excited to play basketball again and – Uh, It it furthers my point from yesterday that if you've been a person that has been hesitant on whether to be excited about the NBA coming back or not, because you think it's dangerous because of COVID, the the guys, they understand the risks and they're really excited to to play. And so I think that that furthers my excitement for, for seeing the Mavericks play. We're like 20 something days away from, from actually seeing the Mavericks play basketball, which is awesome. Uh, And let's, you have any thoughts on that last quote before we get to one more?
2: Uh, no, just I, th- I like him reminding us about the Dorian and Seth injuries. I'd forgot about Dorian's hip flexor. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before everything happened, and you know, Tim Cato of the Athletic, who came on last week, he did that interview with uh, Luca's trainer in, uh, in Slovenia. And, and he talked about how, like, Luca had these like nagging injuries, all these like, you know, it was like two or three small injuries there. And, uh, this time off has helped Luca get healthy and help not just Luca, but Seth and Dorian. Like you know, Rick was talking about. So it's encouraging to hear too. Everybody coming into this, you know, for the most part, all healthy and you know, with the all of the nagging injuries healed up at this point.
0: Let's hear a last question. Uh, this is from a great journalist and uh, and great friend.
2: Hey, Rick. I appreciate you doing this for us. A question about KP and his weight. He mentioned on Friday that maybe coming out of rehab that he possibly uh, – maybe it was a mistake putting on as much weight as he did during his rehab process. Do you feel that he's at an ideal weight now? And how hard is it for a player to find their ideal weight to play at?
1: Well, interesting question. Um, what I can tell you is that you know, the fact that he's played 50-plus games with us Um, you know, the, the, the additional weight that he put on when, you know, over the 18 or 19 month period, you know, some of that just, just gradually kind of tapers away. And so, uh, right now I can tell you that he looks great. Um, I have not had a direct conversation with him about his weight or or how he's feeling. I, I, so I can't speak to it, um, in, in, in a concise way, but, uh, Right now, I love the way that he's moving. Um, you know, they've ramped up, you know, drill work and done some stuff, with, you know, th- that are pretty much simulating uh, live situations. And, um, and he's moving great. And he's been very aggressive in his workouts, both on the floor, um, in the weight room, and relative to just to straight conditioning.
0: We could talk maybe a whole podcast about that question. You know, what is the ideal weight for a player as – Porzingis. Porzingis still doesn't even look that thick, right? He still kind of looks thin when you watch him, even though he put on so much weight. But he said that he potentially put on too much. I mean, we can just talk about this forever, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually trying to write about this sometime um, over the weekend. I hope to have it out by Monday or Tuesday next week. But uh, just, I just thought it was fascinating. We A lot of us have talked about Luca being in shape and just his weight and stuff, when I think an underlying part of this is KP. And KP talking last week about uh it possibly been a mistake about him you know beefing up so much we all hyped it up so much on twitter and just the the idea of a, an, an athlete finding their ideal playing weight and uh where they can be the best that they can be and uh yeah and just kp trying to find that uh, as a 7-3 guy who's torn his acl and how much that kind of means to him and stuff so uh yeah that's why i asked rick that question
0: There you go. Guys, hear more from all your favorite players coming up. Uh, We'll have more. It sounds like players are going to be available pretty much every single day. So hopefully we'll get some audio every single day on this podcast. Stick with us, guys. We appreciate you listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom.